everybody, welcome to What Do Scientists Do? Today I'm joined by our very special guest. Could you give us your name and your pronouns, please? Sure. Hello. My name is Matt Peachy. My pronouns are he and him. And Matt, what do you study or do that's science related? Sure. So I am a computer scientist. And one of the things that I study that I'm hoping to talk to you about today is called machine learning. So what is machine learning? So machine learning is pretty simply, it's how we make computers be able to make decisions without explicitly telling them uh, what exactly we want them to do. So instead of giving them code and they do the code, you set them up so that they can then make their own decisions. That's really wild. I think Lindsay talked about it a little bit in our episode on biomedical engineering, actually, which was very cool. But what are some other examples of how you could use machine learning? So one interesting application of machine learning is called a classifier. And we use it to make decisions about uh, the type of thing that something is. And so a great example is if you were to show a computer a picture of a dog, would it be able to know it was a dog? Or if you showed a picture of a cat, would it be able to know that it was a cat? Um, or thirdly, if you showed it a picture of some other animal like a whale, would it be able to know that it's not a cat and it's also not a dog? That's super cool. And have you gotten to play with machine learning at all? What do you study specifically? Right. So what I study specifically with machine learning is how machine learning can be used um, to interact with musical instruments and specifically digital musical instruments. So what does that look like? How could it help out, I guess, musicians? Is that the people who would use what you're learning? Certainly. So that's definitely one of the things that could be done. Um, like I said, machine learning can be used uh, to make decisions with computers without telling them exactly what you want them to do. So one way you could think about that is if a user or a musician was to play with an instrument in a certain way, the machine learning would then be able to then generate or decide what type of music it would want to play without you actually telling it, I want you to play maybe some noise that sounds like a piano. It would be able to figure that out for itself. And you may or may not be able to answer this question, but how do the computers learn? Because computers are just machines, right? Yeah, so that's a great point and is actually one of the most interesting parts about machine learning. And the, so the way that works is it works by giving the computers lots and lots and lots of examples. So thinking about the cat and dog again, just for a second, the way it works is if you were to show the computer a picture of a dog, you could then use code like you talked about to tell the computer, recognize this picture of a dog. But then the issue is what happens if you say, show it a picture of a different dog, whether it's a different breed or a different type, uh, maybe a different size, then the computer wouldn't recognize that one particular image. And so what you have to do is give it a picture or a whole bunch of pictures of many types of different dogs from all sorts of different angles, as many pictures of dogs as you can show it and say, these are all a dog. And so then when you show it a new dog, hopefully if you've trained your machine learning to recognize what a dog is, it'll be able to tell you that, yes, this is a dog. Yeah. So for listeners at home, 
one of my majors is psychology. And that sounds very similar to how people learn. Obviously, it's a little more complicated than just that. But I mean, people learn by just looking at a ton of different examples. I love developmental psychology, which is studying how we learn and grow up. And babies do very similar things where they look at tons and tons of examples. And they might at first think that the cats and dogs are the same, but later on they figure out they're not the same. So it sounds very similar to people to me, which is very interesting. Do you have a favorite science-related thing that you've ever done? So one thing I can think of is another interesting use of machine learning, which is you're able to use cameras to recognize uh, what they call pose estimation. And basically what that means is it can tell if you're standing and looking at the camera, if you're waving your arms or if you're shaking your head. Um, it's very similar for anyone who's used it uh, to the Xbox Connect. And so it's using very similar technology to track your motion. And the interesting thing that I've worked on is what you can do is you can take the motion that you've captured and then apply it onto virtual avatars of people or other creatures in either virtual reality or augmented reality or video games. And what you're able to do then is to see the same motion that you've made uh, in your camera on a virtual screen. That's super cool. Is that how video games like Just Dance and stuff work or is that different? So it's very similar and it depends very much on the game. I'm not familiar with every single one, but I know for sure that some games uh, definitely do, especially newer games as machine learning has become more popular, definitely use them in that way. That's super cool. I'm just thinking of now in movies when they do the motion capture and they have to have all the sensors on them and then they turn Bandit Cumberbatch into a dragon. Um, is that the same technology or is this a better version where you wouldn't need to wear all the sensors? So I don't know if I would call it a better version, but it's a different version in that you're right. You don't have to wear all the sensors. And instead, with the way the sensors work is it's actually locating the sensors and then using uh, the computer to simply map where those sensors are um, exactly. But then with pose estimation, what you're doing is using machine learning and the computer is predicting and estimating uh, where you are without any markers at all. So two different ways of doing it. Uh, but achieve similar results. Yeah, that's super cool. You can kind of do more with less in a way. Like somebody could film stuff in their living room and a computer could turn it into motion instead of needing a whole studio or something or fancier equipment. And how did you end up studying this thing, Matt? What does it look like to do this kind of research too? Sure. So I started um, by doing just regular old programming in uh, my computer science degree at Dalhousie. And one of the things you learn about is uh, how you can apply and use computer coding, as well as some statistics to make machine learning work. And so there's a whole bunch of fancy programming and computer coding that you can do to make it work. But essentially what it comes down to is just like I said, giving it lots of examples, uh, showing it what you want it to do, and then letting it learn about how you do it. And so there's lots of interesting research being done in this topic, both at Dalhousie and at all sorts of other universities and companies all over the world. Yeah, so what's interesting is you do this as research, right? In the same way that a scientist in a lab might be trying to 
answer a research question by with like test tubes and um, pipetting when they have the liquid going into tubes. But you do computer science research, which is different from people or might often be different from people who do it for a company. What's the difference between those kinds of computer science jobs? Sure. So like you said, the main difference is really that research is very experimental and that you're trying to find out new things, how things work, how things don't work is an okay result of research. But typically when you're with a company, you're trying to develop some sort of product, something maybe like a self-driving car or some other application that uses machine learning. Um, and in those cases, it wouldn't necessarily be okay for it not to work. You would need it to work all the time. And so that's definitely one big difference between the two. That's super cool. Do you have any advice for people who might be super interested in going into computer science? Sure, for sure. The, the biggest piece of advice that I could give is to not be intimidated by programming, by uh, math, by any of the things that computer science you think about. Um, because like a lot of other things, uh, no matter how old you are or what your background is, with a bit of practice, you're able to uh, get very good at doing it um, and very quickly as well. So following up with that advice, it's certainly there's lots of resources available, lots of opportunities to learn. And so just start slow and you'll be uh, you'll be getting there very quickly for sure. Yeah. And things like we mentioned this in Shane's episode, but things like Scratch, if you're I mean, if you're anyone, Scratch is fun. But if you're a kid, you should still be able to use the website Scratch. I think it's scratch.edu. And it is made for people who would know nothing about computer science. And you could still um, play around with it and even make video games and do all sorts of cool things. I'm someone who doesn't have very much experience with coding at all. And so I still have fun when we do Scratch things at Supernova because I'm learning as well, along with the kids who might be doing activities. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today, Matt. That's super cool. Thank you very much for having me as well. And hopefully everyone uh, takes the opportunity to learn <clears throat> more about machine learning as they find it interesting. And as always, a big, big thank you to everybody listening. For more science fun, you can check out our past episodes at bit.ly forward slash what do scientists do, or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at scientistsdopod. Do you have a question that you'd like answered by one of our experts? Send us an email or a voice recording at whatdoscientistsdo at superstaff.ca and we might answer your question on the show. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next episode. Bye for now. This show is made by Supernova at Dalhousie University, a network member of Actua. For more information on our summer camps, workshops, and more, visit supernova.dal.ca.